The reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 7, beginning at verse 10, and I believe you can find it on page 692 of the Church Bibles. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Jacob, going to uh, welcome you now. Welcome home. It's great to see you. And it's always thrilling to hear Jacob preach and see how God's uh, gifts that he's given him are growing and the calling that uh, God's placing on your life, Jacob, how that's growing too. And so we're looking forward to hearing from you. And so I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jacob. Thank you that he knows you and loves you. And thank you that you're leading him, you're guiding him into all the plans you have for him. And I pray that as he explores your word with us today, you'll give him the words to say. That he'll speak from the depths of your love for him and his love for you. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm guessing to most of us this passage we've heard read today will be quite familiar. Um, at the Christian Union I'm involved in in Manchester, we recently had a carol service, and this was one of the passages we had read. Um, it's just one of those passages you expect to hear read around Christmas time. And I think because of that, it can sometimes feel like it's just part of the Christmas package. Um, we can read it as though it's part of the jargon that goes along with our all-too-familiar nativity story, um, with the nice shepherds with tea towels on their heads and cuddly toy sheep and so on. Um, but actually, I think that can mean we're blind. A little, we're a little bit blind to what's actually going on in the wider context of this passage, um, because actually, the the context in Isaiah seven is this hope of Emmanuel is spoken into a really difficult situation. And so I thought the, the best way of explaining the sort of context, the situation that the people of Judah found themselves in, is with a short clip from the Lord of the Rings. Um, so just to give you a bit of background, this is where the people of Rohan are fleeing from the oncoming armies of Saruman. And they flee to a castle in the Valley of Helm's Deep, this supposedly impenetrable fortress. And so I just want to show you a short clip from the start of that uh, battle. 
I could see that properly, but um, hopefully you got what was going on there. It's the beginning of that great battle, the beginning of the siege. And um, to the people sheltering in the castle, the people of Rohan, it just looks like an impossible situation. Uh, it just looks like there's no way they're going to win that battle. Um, and actually, that's what's, that's, there's a similar thing going on in Isaiah chapter 7. Um, at the beginning of the passage, at the begin, well, before our reading, sorry, at the beginning of the chapter, there is a crisis in the nation of Judah because they're under imminent threat of invasion. You might remember back in Israel's history, there was a, a split in the nation after Solomon between the uh, yeah, Ephraim and Judah. And so Isaiah is speaking in the nation of Judah, and there's a crisis, and the king doesn't know what to do because Ephraim and a king of, called the king of Aram have assembled an army, and they're coming to attack Jerusalem. And we read in verse 2, uh, now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. They were pretty scared. The king Ahaz didn't know what to do. The people of Judah are under this imminent threat of invasion. And most of us probably won't have experienced anything like that. Um, although having seen the clip, you might sympathise. I certainly wouldn't want to be on the walls of that castle facing that oncoming army. And yet for many of us, perhaps we've experienced things in our lives where we felt a little bit like that passage could be applied to us, where we felt like the whole world is shaking around us. Maybe you're experiencing something like that at the moment. And if you've gone through a tough time like that, you'll know that it doesn't just stop because it's Christmas. Life continues to be tough, and this Christmas might be tough for some of us. A friend of mine sadly lost her mum over the summer, and I don't doubt that for her and her family, this is going to be a really tough Christmas. And so I'm hoping that as we read on in this passage and see our reading today, we'll see that this prophecy about Emmanuel is meant to offer hope in situations like this one, in situations like the situation of Ahaz and the people of Judah, and in our situations where we feel like the whole world is being shaken around us. So moving on in chapter 7, we're still before our reading yet, um, but it's helpful to realise that God didn't have to intervene. We can read about King Ahaz elsewhere in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles, and the short of it is he was a pretty terrible king. He led the nation in idolatry. He even sacrificed his own son to an idol. And so God would have been totally justified in allowing Judah to be annihilated by these oncoming armies. And yet he didn't. Just like when we run away, in his mercy he intervened. He sent Isaiah to speak comfort to Ahaz. And so, initially, God says to Ahaz through Isaiah, basically, this attack is going to fail. Don't worry. These kings are mere men. What can they do? He says at the end of that first section of prophecy in verse 9, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And yet it seems that Ahaz still doubted God. He still didn't trust he tried to fix the situation in his own way by making an alliance with another king. 
And so finally, we come on to the passage we heard read, this passage about Emmanuel that we're all so familiar with. And essentially, God speaking to Ahaz in this situation where Ahaz really doesn't trust God, says, okay, ask me for a sign. And we heard in our reading that Ahaz refuses. He says, I will not put the Lord to the test. When I first read that, it kind of sounded humble, I thought. It thought I thought, well, you know, okay, that's humbling to say I won't put the Lord to the test. But actually, I don't think that's what's going on. This is just another sign of Ahaz's lack of trust, his refusal to trust the Lord. And so we get that rebuke from Isaiah in uh, verse 13. Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? And so it's into this situation that God speaks that sign of Emmanuel. Um, Even though Ahaz won't ask for a sign, he gives a sign anyway. Uh, Verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Sometimes I've I've wondered, with these prophecies about Jesus' coming, what's the point in them? Of course it's great to see that 700 years before his birth it was predicted... Jesus wasn't God's kind of plan B. But other than that, is it just God's way of saying, I told you so? Do these verses actually help us with anything other than um, showing us that it was prophesied, it was predicted? Well, actually, I think they do. Um, And I'm hoping as we take a look at that sign of Emmanuel in a moment, we're going to see that these verses are meant to bring comfort. Um, And help us to love the Lord more and delight in him more as we celebrate the coming of Jesus this Christmas. So let's take a look at that sign in verse 14. I think it kind of breaks into two parts. So the first part, I think, um, is this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. I'm sure we all know why this is read at Christmas. Um, Matthew, at the start of his gospel, applies these verses to Jesus and says, look, this, this virgin is Mary. And therefore, this son is Jesus. But have you ever wondered what's the purpose of the virgin birth? Uh, Is it just an arbitrary miracle? Is it just to say, well, you know, Jesus is a great guy, so let's have a miracle at the start of his life? I don't think it is. I think there's something more going on there. I think the purpose of of it is it points forward to what Jesus came to do. The Apostle Paul picks up on this parallel between Adam and Jesus quite a few times. Um, and particularly in 1 Corinthians 15:22, he says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. And actually, I think this sheds light on what's going on with the virgin birth. What's going on there? Well, basically, uh, Paul is saying there are two types of people. There are Adam people and Jesus people. And basically, Adam people are what we all were before we became Christians. Like Adam, we were enemies of God, living in rebellion against him. And ultimately, when we're Adam people, we get from God what Adam got from God. Kicked out of God's presence, he got death and ultimately condemnation for his sin. 
But Jesus came to set up a new type of humanity. The Father sent the Son to become a head of a new kind of humanity, so that those who believe in Jesus, instead of getting condemnation and death with Adam, we get what belongs to Jesus. Right relationship with God, eternal life. So why the virgin birth? Well, I think it shows that Jesus isn't a part of that old humanity, the Adam humanity. Of course, it's important that Jesus was fully human. That's why we get that big, long genealogy in Matthew's Gospel, to show that he was human. And so in one sense, he was descended from Adam. But the virgin birth shows that there is a rupture. He's not part of that old humanity. He came to start something new. Secondly, we come to that name, Emmanuel. And as I said to start with, we've all heard that name lots. Uh, We hear it lots in Christmas carols and so on. And so I'm sure we're all pretty familiar with what that name means as well. It means God with us. And so at first glance, we might think, well, do we really need reminding of that? We seem to be very good at talking about how God is with us in church and in our house groups and so on. But actually, if you're anything like me, there's um, something of a difference between talking about it and actually living like it's the case. When we go through suffering, when we go through hardship in life, it's very easy to think, does God really understand? Does God really care? Or when we're battling a particular sin, or when we get up on a cold winter's morning and don't feel like reading our Bible. That's when it's very easy to live as though God isn't really with us. So how does that name Emmanuel speak into those sort of situations? Well, I think it's good to take note that that prophecy doesn't say at this future time people will be able to say God is with us. It says that name Emmanuel, God is with us, will be given to a person. It will be given to the Son, Jesus. And so it's not that God is just with us in some abstract way, as if the Father just sent the Holy Spirit so that we could say, well, God is with us. It's this child, Jesus, who will be called God is with us. The Father sent the Son to become like us, to become human like us, in the likeness of sinful man. So Jesus was and is fully human and fully God. And so what does that mean? That means he experienced human life as we experience it. He experienced suffering. I'd wager that Jesus' life, even before he began his ministry, was a lot harder than any of ours. Mary and Joseph were pretty much peasants. But ultimately... When he walked the road to Calvary, he suffered far more than any of us ever will. And so ultimately, we have the answer in Jesus to our doubts about, does God really understand? Does God really care? Yes, he does. He suffered far more than we ever will. So what's the, what's the application of this? How do we apply it to our lives? Well, I think the, the point of the scriptures is to help us love and delight in the Lord more. And so I'm hoping, uh, yeah, that we will be able to see from what we've looked at that 
it helps us to do that. So we saw with the virgin birth that it's not just an arbitrary miracle. Jesus came to set up a new kind of humanity. And I think it's great to see, it really helps us to delight in him more when we see the contrast between what we should get, what we get when we are part of Adam's humanity, and what we now get, now, we're, now we belong to Jesus. With Adam, we got condemnation and death. With Jesus, we get new creation. Um, we get the, the hope of living in a new creation with Jesus as king. We get eternal life, we get adoption as sons and daughters of God. And we get righteousness that belongs to Jesus. Secondly, we saw with that name, Emmanuel, God is with us. If you feel like your world is being shaken right now, Jesus is the firm foundation. He is the proof that God understands your suffering. And not only that, but the resurrection of Jesus gives us a secure hope that one day we're going to be raised with him. And on that day, we'll be free of infirmity, free of weakness, free of sin. So finally, uh, final thought to leave you with. Go away and think about this. How does seeing these things in this prophecy about Emmanuel help you, particularly, to delight and love the Lord more and worship him more this Christmas? Uh, Finally, I want to leave you with a wonderful verse from that carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Because I think this perfectly sums up why, we, why it's such a wonder that our God walked among us as a man. Veil in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with man as man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Amen.